Hello, and welcome to Traditional Bowhunter Magazine's Campfire Chat Podcast. TJ was still out hunting, so Carrie Doyle had a chance to chat with a friend and TBM advertiser, Andy Ponce, of Addictive Archery in Oregon. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the campfire. Hi, everybody. Uh, this is Carrie Doyle with Traditional Bowhunter Magazine, and I've been asked to start recording some podcasts. So I hope you guys enjoy my first interview, and it's with Andy Ponce with Addictive Archery. So, hi, Andy. How are you? Hi, I'm doing good. Good, good. So what the listeners don't know that I already know is that you are supposed to be gearing up and getting ready to take your son Owen out hunting, correct? Yes, I got to get packed today because we are leaving tomorrow morning right after he gets out of an appointment. And uh, it's going to be the last weekend or the last uh, part of the elk season here. So a um, little different year. I did, didn't hunt as much this year as I normally do because we're building a house. But uh, we're going to try to squeeze in at least uh, you know a four-day trip here and see if I can get some uh, elk to answer him. He can actually bugle really good. You know, he's only nine, so he does it with his voice. Oh, wow. Uh, you need to definitely post a video of that or at least send me one because that sounds very interesting. <laughs> yeah, I actually got one. That he, so I've taken this is his third year going out. I started taking him when he was uh, six or seven was his first year going with me. And last year I just happened to be recording. It was the very first opener and the elk rarely talk that early. But I was like, hey, OK, try it. And I happened to hit record and we had a bull answer in. And so I got his reaction of his face and stuff. It was pretty special. <laughs> I know it'd probably be pretty amazing to have that happen. I know my daughter can squeal pretty loud, but there's she one time she sounded like an elk, and John and I both looked at each other like maybe we can harness this, but it was a one time oh, thing. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, he practices, and he actually is really good at hiking this year. The the difference for him between eight and nine is really noticeable. Um, last year towards the end of the, of the hunt, so I'd have to, you know, grab his pack from him, pack it out and maybe get his little recurve and, and haul that out with him. Uh, this year he's packing his own water and his snacks and his coat and he keeps up with me. He, he hasn't had any issues so far this year is, is walking out in the woods and stuff. So that's great. What does uh, he shoot? It should be a good time. He's shooting a little Wes Wallace yearling. So Wes uh, makes these uh, nice little recurve bows, and uh, he's actually shooting his own wood arrows. I uh, had him make his first set this year by himself, and so I would show him each step on what he was going to do on the first arrow, and he made the whole dozen uh, by himself, cresting it and painting it and all of it. So uh, he's getting to be a good little hand in the shop. Well, and he's got a probably a pretty awesome setup considering your business <laughs> and how, yeah. what you do for a living on the side as well. So can you tell us a little bit about uh, Addictive Archery and how you got started with that? Yeah, so uh, I want to say we started it about five years ago, uh, maybe six now. I, I don't quite remember. But when we decided to start a family, my wife said, uh, is now a stay-at-home mom. We started Addictive Archery, and so Heather is, definitely helps me out in the shop. Um, I basically I specialize in making custom arrows of both wood, carbon, and aluminum, um, and I make them for uh, tailored to fit exactly what uh, the archer needs, uh, whether they're going to be just target shooting or whether they're going to be hunting. And uh, 
yeah, I do that. I, I work full time still for the fire department. And on my days off, uh, we run the archery shop. Uh, we ship six days a week. My wife does all the shipping and fulfills the orders. And then I'm usually working on the custom arrows and doing a little bit of leather work and that kind of stuff. I had a really good mentor in Dave Dorn. Uh, and he kind of showed me the ropes and then, yeah, kind of took off from there. That's awesome. So how long have you been a traditional bow hunter? Was this something that you were raised in or is it a hobby that you started evolving as a kid or how did this all come about? Yeah, I think I started shooting bows when I was six years old, I want to say. And, um, we started off with, you know, the fiberglass, bare fiberglass bows. I had a few Ben Pearson bows and it was just kind of, I have a younger brother who's two years younger and my dad, uh, he started bow hunting back in 1980, I believe. And so we just kind of grew up shooting bows with him. You know, we would uh, mow lawns and this and that to get money and then we'd go down to the local hardware store and buy the uh, arrows there out of the box. And we'd hit all the pawn shops or garage sales and buy all the fiberglass bows. I must have had six or seven of them growing up. And then we'd, you know, make them out of tree limbs or whatnot. And so then I went to, you know, as most people do, I started, I picked up a compound, shot that for a while and quickly got bored of it. And so I think I, I want to say it was in 2005 or six, I sold all my compound gear and uh, picked up the traditional bow and just never gone back. That's awesome. So how many, you said, how many brothers did you have? I have one younger brother and I have a younger sister. So I'm the oldest of three. Does everybody hunt and are they all outdoorsy? And Yeah, my sister, she loves, she, uh, she doesn't hunt, but she definitely, her and her husband go camping all the time and, and fishing and stuff. She's all about that. Hunting, she just never really got into it. Uh, but, uh, you know, I grew up hunting with my dad and my uncle and my brother. So there was the four of us. And even now, we still go out and uh, hunt together. In fact, I'll probably meet up with my uncle hopefully this weekend. Oh, okay. Is he going to come out with you and Owen? Yeah. No, that's always nice to have a whole group of people to go out and enjoy the outdoors. That's something that we always enjoy, um, hunting with family and friends. Yeah, I actually, this year, I gave uh, Owen a little camera, and so he took pictures on the first trip, and it was cool to see it from his perspective. And that's one thing I... uh, I realized that, and for all the parents out there, if you can get your kids out, it will open up a whole new world for you. Because as I'm walking through the woods, the last thing I'm looking for is squirrels and birds. And, you know, I'm concentrating on the elk and he would get all excited and make me stop. And I think he had spotted something and there'd be a, you know, a trophy squirrel running down the, running down the <laughs> log or, you know, he'd see a bird land on a tree. And, and, you know, the first year he thought it was hilarious how the birds would kind of get closer to you, you know, because we're mm-hmm. kind of sitting there tucked in behind a bush and stuff. And then he would, he would kind of move and it would freak out the bird or the squirrel and stuff. And he thought that was the best thing ever. Yeah. Seeing it through their eyes has got to be, it's a kind of an eye opener. Um, and I do the same thing because when we were up hunting this year, I mean, there was little to no sign. We couldn't see or hear. There was really no elk where we were at at that time. If there were, they were very, very quiet. So I ended up, I have a bunch of pictures on my phone of the butterflies and we found some toads yeah. and But I was also seeing it as I'm going to show my kids this because they couldn't make it with us. And yeah, definitely getting your kids outside into the woods with you or even just to hike around, I think is huge for their growth and understanding of nature, not even just for hunting, but just outdoors in general. It's really 
it's healthy for their brains, in my opinion. Oh, for sure. I mean, I, uh, the, the neat thing about this is I've gone back, we're hunting an area that I used to hunt, or my dad used to take us to when I was Owen's age. And so there's a little creek there with native trout in it. And as kids, we used to, you know, tie a piece of string to a stick and we'd catch grasshoppers. And, and uh, that's what we would do during the day, you know, between when the elk had quieted down or, you know, and sometimes my dad would go out by himself and we'd go fish the creek. And this, this creek in some areas isn't any wider than a foot. And then, you know, as it comes around a bend, they'll get a little bit wider. And so I took him there and it's harder to catch the grasshoppers than it is the fish. Cause once <laughs> you can get the grasshopper on your hook, uh, the fish will jump out of the water. I got some video of it. They were jumping out of the water before the grasshopper even hit the water to, to get it. That's fantastic. So, uh, yeah, he looks forward to that. That's one of the highlights of the trip. And you know, it's uh, sometimes I kind of have to remind him, hey, we're, we're here to hunt elk. Let's go. And so, okay, you know, and, and uh, he that was the first thing he asked me this year. He, hey, we're going to go fish that creek, right? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll go we'll go fish it. So, yeah, it's, it's a good time. It's bringing back some good memories. And, it's, and that's exactly what I wanted to do. Yes. And, yeah, the memories are amazing because that's what he's going to also take, oh, take away is, oh, yeah, we went elk hunting, but we also fished or vice versa yeah. but that's something that a lot of bow hunters do is they'll keep a fly rod or um any type of fishing equipment with them in their packs in case they do come across a creek i know tj does it all the time i think on his most recent hunt that's what he was more successful was fishing instead of seeing what he went, was going out to hunt it's just like one of those extra things while hunting that and like sage grouse yeah. it's like the i don't know icing on the cake per se, but it's yeah. something else that you can be hunting for while out hunting. It's like it never really stops. You can find something exciting in any neck of the woods. And that's the fun parts of getting yeah. out there and creating those memories, even for yourself as an adult. I think it would be pretty exciting to see fish jumping yeah. out of the water for your crickets, but or the grasshoppers. Oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they're hard to catch. He loved that. And then uh, this last year, so on the opener, he spotted two grouse actually before they flushed. And I, you know, he, it just it tore him up that he couldn't take a shot at them because, you know, the season doesn't open up till September 1st. So this year he was asking me a couple of days ago, he's like, Hey, we're, we're going to, can I take my shot in? Cause grass is open, you know? And I'm like, yeah, I guess if you want to, but we're not carrying that in the woods. He goes, no, around camp, I'll go on. I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> That's funny. So he's looking forward to that, you know, and here on the farm, we have doves and geese and that kind of stuff. And so he's actually already gotten two doves. Uh, actually, actually, I think it's four now, but I've, I've taught him how to clean them and stuff. And so he'll he'll make the breasts up in the morning, you know, for breakfast. And he, he we've taught him how to cook them up on the, on the stove, a little bit of butter, salt and pepper. And he'll have that for breakfast before school. That's fantastic. Yeah, well, that's that's the part of living on your new property. So tell me a little bit about this new property that you got going on. So I've been seeing on Facebook that you guys are building this beautiful house. Um, is it? Yeah. Are you, did you buy it for hunting on, or is it just one of those extra benefits for the property? No. So this is my wife's family farm. Her, uh, she grew up here on the farm. So we always kind of lived close to her parents, and we had our own little farm down the road. But we were always over here helping them. Uh, they grow wheat, and then they have a cactus and succulent nursery. So that's right. Uh, for some of your listeners that see us at the shoots here in the Pacific Northwest, you'll notice that in our booth we always have cactuses and succulents because Heather will take that with her to the shows. And and a lot of the 
a lot of the guys like it because they get to go to an archery shoot and then they'll get to bring something back to their significant other so that, you know, keeps them out of trouble and get them to get out a jail-free card for the next shoot. Maybe, <laughs> but, maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah, hopefully if they play their cards right. So, yeah, we moved back and it, you know, it allows our kids to grow up here on the farm and they have chores and stuff. So we've got some cattle, we got pigs, we got chickens, horses, cats and dogs. And then my son is grandpa's right-hand man. So he has his own tractor and his own disc and everything. And he's actually out there helping grandpa farm and uh, use all the implements. He drives everything around here to get the wheat planted. So yeah, that's the farm. And then I'm finally, we're building a house here. Uh, right now we're living in a, there was another small house on the farm that her grandmother used to live in. And so it's a little two bedroom, one bath home. So it's cramped right now. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> hopefully that, that new house will be big enough to where we can spread out and have enough space. And then uh, my archery shop is actually in my father-in-law's shop. So he's looking forward to me being able to move out and uh, the little house that we're living in will turn into my archery shop. That would be amazing. Have it all yeah. right there. Yep. I'll be able to walk uh, out the, you know, the garage door to the new house and basically walk across the yard and get into the archery shop here. I'll finally have enough room and have some different rooms set up to where right now in the shop, it's a pretty big shop, but I still, between the wood shop and the leatherworking, I have to start one project, put stuff away and move on to another project and pull everything out. And here in the house, I'll be able to have an arrow finishing room dedicated uh, a leather room dedicated, and then I'll have some display stuff for shopping and actually have stuff out for everyone to see and try out. And then uh, we'll have a small outdoor range for now. And then hopefully down the road, we'll be able to put an indoor range, build a, another shop here with an indoor range so people can actually come here and shoot bows and test arrows and, and a one-stop shop. That just sounds totally amazing. So with that... Yeah. Um, your business being there and your family farm with everybody seeming to have a hand in it, um, how do you juggle the business and working for the fire department and your family and hunting? It's a lot mm -hmm. to juggle because you're pretty, you've got a pretty high up position in the fire department, don't you? Yeah, I, I've worked my way up through the ranks through there. Um, and honestly, the only way I can do it is I married very well. Heather supports me a lot. She lets me keep my crazy schedule and she helps me out in the shop. Um, you know, she'll do a lot of the shipping and keeps track on inventory. And uh, she's learned the whole business herself as well. And so it's the, the both of us is the only way. And then really it's, it's the understanding of the customers. A lot of the customers that call me, if they, you know, I, I, uh, if I can't get to them right away, I'm, I'm very upfront and telling them that, uh, I'm usually running about an eight week wait for arrows right now before I could even start them. And, uh, if they need them sooner than that, then I can give them a reference or something, or, you know, there's other shops out there that'll help them. The other thing that helps me is it's a family. It's what we do as a family. We go to shoot throughout the spring and summer. And all four of the shoot, you know, I started my kids as soon as they could stand up and it's something that they enjoy and, and it's, uh, it's kind of what we do. That's fantastic. Yeah. I know we actually ended up camping with you guys at the Idaho. No, it was, I think it was Western States up in New Meadows. The ITB, Idaho traditional bow hunters up in New Meadows. Um, yeah. The Western States rendezvous. And that was really fun uh, to be able for us to get out because my previous job was very time consuming. It was for a company that was very much, oh, you need to get outdoors and we totally encourage hunting and we want you to be using our products to go out and do these things. 
But when it came down to putting in vacation time, I was unable to take more than two days off in a row without getting coverage. And my position was very difficult to cover. So we never really got into all that stuff, especially as the kids were growing up. Um, And I've got two little ones too. So it was really nice to be able to get out and be able to camp with you guys because our kids are almost right at the same ages. I think they're only a year apart on each end. Um, yeah. And so I, we need to get out a little bit more because those are great for the kids as well as for the adults. I mean, we all had a blast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. And that's sort of the one thing If uh, for the listeners. If you haven't made a local traditional shoot, you need to do that because you will make lifelong friends. And my kids, uh, especially if you go to them year after year, they, their favorite shoot right now is uh, or the one they look forward to is a rock shoot that's held in Moses Lake every year. And it's kind of the first one. It's, it's usually in April first one we get out to and I barely get the truck stopped and their doors are open and they're out and there's <laughs> probably a group of 10 to 12 kids that they just run the, the the circuit there all of us parents know the kids and they know we just I gotta look for the dust cloud and we can kind of figure out where they're at as they're running around the camp and they'll you know we pack extra snacks and drinks and keep them all fed and, yeah. and uh, energized and they just run around with their hair on fire all weekend long so it makes for a great drive home. Oh, I bet. <laughs> it makes a great drive home because we make, I don't even think we make it into Moses Lake because the shoot's about 10 miles outside of town. And by the time we have to come back through Moses Lake to head home, they're usually asleep and they'll sleep almost all the way home because they're just exhausted That's by the fantastic. end of the weekend. And but, you got to uh, love that part. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And then, you know, you get to become good friends with the other parents and stuff. And we all follow each other on Facebook and keep in touch. And, and so it's, uh, it's good. It's it's a lot of fun. Social media has been huge in keeping up with a lot of people across the country. So transitioning oh, yeah. from local shoots, I know that you are on the board for Compton Traditional Bow Hunters, correct? Yeah, correct. So yeah. Tell me about your role with that and uh, what made you decide to join and become a board member? So with the, uh, uh, with the business, I think it was Two or three years ago, there was a group of us from Oregon that went over, and it was my first time attending the rendezvous. And, you know, sometimes it can be a little intimidating when you go, for one, just a trip, and I haven't really traveled all that much, and I have my son there for the first time. That's a long trip, too. It is. (laughs) For us. For us on the the West Coast, it takes forever to get there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We flew into Chicago and then we drove the two hours or two and a half hours over to to Barron Springs. And honestly, it was like meeting lifelong friends for the first time. And and some of the the folks that are there are, you know, the Wenzels, your, you know, your dad and, and people that I've read about in the magazines forever. And so to get to actually meet them in person and I just fell in love with the whole organization and stuff. And then I met Dave Hewitt and Dave and I, you know, with him being a police chief and me being a a chief in the fire department, we, we had so much in common, uh, not only in our work life, but being parents and bow hunters. And, uh, right away, it felt like he was a lifelong friend and we really hit it off. And then after that, he kept in touch and we, we both, we would text each other and call each other. It seems like, you know, once a week or once every other week. He was so good about and, that. And uh, he was, and he's the one who encouraged me to run for the board and that he was, uh, you know, he was going to be our president. And I did it, you know, because one, I fell in love with the organization and two, I wanted to help Dave out. And, yeah. And I uh, hear it's one you of the best that. things I've done. Yeah. 
it's one of the best things I've done. I, I, I miss him dearly. I, I, you know, I, uh, I lost a good friend there and, uh, but to be able to serve on the board and that organization really, I, um, I really enjoy the work and I'm looking forward to helping them out for as long as I can. You know, I, I had to step down here a little bit. Um, I am also on the board of directors for the traditional archers of Oregon and uh, Riley Savage, our president, I kind of told him what I was doing and I asked him if, you know, he took some projects off my plate That's awesome. uh, there and, and to let me do that. And uh, I'm still on the board for right now and we'll see as, as long as I can keep doing it and Heather's okay with uh, my time commitments. I think uh, I'll keep, uh, keep going. What is your title at, uh, on the competent board? What are you the VP of? Well, I'm not a, I'm not a VP. I'm just, uh, I'm just on the board of directors. Oh, okay. But, I'm sorry. Uh, when I, my, yeah, it's okay. Um, my assignment or the, the thing I volunteered for is I am the vendor coordinator for the rendezvous and basically any of the shoots and events. And so for the big game classic, I believe it's the next one coming up in Florida this spring. Um, I will be coordinating with all the vendors to make sure they get their booths and everything that they need so that they can attend the, the event and have a good show. Yeah, I just kind of help out on the board wherever they need. Um, and being the new guy, I, I try to do as much as I can. And, and uh, you know, with my schedule, so I, uh, for the fire department, I usually am on duty for 24 hours, but then I have 48 hours off. So in those 48 hours, once I get caught up on my sleep, I will uh, work on the archery shop or work on Compton's project. That's fantastic. Uh, when is the Big Game Classic? So the Compton Traditional Bonehairs Big Game Classic is going to be in Gainesville, Florida this year. It's going to be at the Hilton Conference Center, and it's going to be March 20th and 21st of 2020. Oh, okay. So that's coming up. Uh, and so, yep, the Traditional Bonehairs of Florida are hosting it, uh, helping us out. And so Saturday night, we're going to have Mike Minton as a speaker. So they can find more information on Compton's website, or even better, if they become members, they will get all this information and the registration information in the uh, quarterly magazine, uh, A Walk in the Woods. Yes. Yes. I have mine still sitting on my table. I need to read it. I have a, a few things I yeah. still need to read. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. let's talk about Compton membership. And because I don't have Craig on the line, because I know Craig Schoenberg is... He's the membership he's the guy. Yes. And he's always yes. so good about yes. reminding me when I need to renew. And I'm usually about a month late, right. but he's got my back. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So yep. Yep. can you tell us a little bit about what it costs to be a member of Compton Traditional Bowhunters and what they get out of it? Yeah. So a one-year individual membership is $35, or you can go to a three-year individual membership for 90 We do have a family membership. Uh, also, so for a one year, it's 55 or for three years, it's 140. Uh, we have lifetime memberships, uh, lifetime membership right now is $700. A lifetime membership, if you're over 65 is 350 and we will work with you. I know that is a big chunk of change to, to pay out all at once, but if you want to work out a payment plan or something, you can contact Craig and he will help you with that. But uh, for your membership, uh, you will probably get a phone call from one of the board of directors or stuff welcoming you in. That's one thing we're, we're looking to do is, you know, we are a, a, uh, a smaller group and we want to have that personal contact with everyone. You'll get a card, a patch, and then you will also get the quarterly magazine. Uh, and that will keep you informed of everything that's going across uh, the organization and keep you informed on the events that we have coming up. That is awesome. Yeah. And I've 
seen that Compton is at a lot of the the bigger shoots. And yeah, so I mean, they're always there. They're there to answer questions. The website's great. Uh, what is the website again? ComptonTraditionalBowHunters.com. Perfect. And I know that we have a deal going with the magazine. So you listeners out there, for every customer who signs up for a three-year traditional Bowhunter magazine subscription will be given a discounted offer for new membership to the Compton Traditional Bowhunters. And so if you're already a member and you've received that letter, you're welcome to give that to a friend who is not a member of Compton and allow them to get that discount as well. That is something that we had talked about because we already know a lot of our readers are members, but it's just something that we wanted to help out as good supporters of Compton. I know TJ was on the board for many years and we've always been a big supporter and they've always supported us. And so it's something that is really dear to our hearts. We love that group. And we we really appreciate that. And and another little nugget out there for the members right now, if you sign up another member, you will be part of the membership drive and you'll be entered into a drawing for each time that you sign up a new member for a custom bow. I don't think we have the Boyer picked out, but they've always been some awesome bows that we've uh, given away. So if there are bowyers listening, should they contact Compton to put their name in that hat for the custom bow giveaway? Perfect. Yep. And we will, uh, you know, we always announce that and that goes into the magazine and stuff. And so if you're willing to donate a bow and be that, you'll get some advertising and some uh, promotion out of it. Great. All right. So since we've already gone over your business and how you juggle all of that with work and family and hunting and things like that. But what are you planning on going and hunting this year? And what are you shooting? Right. Let's start with my equipment. Three years ago, I met Trent Wingard out of Montana. And he posted a bow on social media. I think it was on Instagram that I just, it was jaw dropping. It was a really nice looking recurve. And then all of a sudden he showed up at the Western States and I recognized the bow. Not Trent's face. You recognize the Not bow. Trent's face because I hadn't, I, hadn't, I hadn't met Trent yet. Oh, okay. But I recognized the bow. And I was like, oh, this is that bow. And so in my opinion, he is probably in the top five across the nation for his fit and finish and what he does with those bows. And what surprises me is that his, he's so young. I think he's in his late 20s and he is a family man. And then I mean, once I met him and got to know him, I just absolutely fell in love with his work and, and who he is, and he's become a good friend. So I shot that recurve for a year, and then he started making longbows, and we uh, we shared a camp with Clay Hayes, and he brought a longbow to camp, and I shot it that whole week and placed an order with him, and so then I shot that last year, and then this year he came out with a two-piece uh, I'm shooting a two-piece uh, tar, and it's 56 inches long, which is really short. It's the shortest bow I've ever shot. I have a 29-inch draw length, and I get zero finger pinch, and that is like an extension of my hand. It's, it is the most forgiving and best shooting bow I've had to date, and so I uh, absolutely love that bow, and that's what I'm shooting this year. Of course, I'm shooting wood arrows. I'm shooting uh, some Sherwood shafts. And that little bow is 55 pounds at 29, and it actually likes an 80, 85-pound spined arrow. 
And, um, yeah, it, I can shoot bullet holes through paper with it. I get zero wobble on any broadheads. I'm shooting some A standards, 125s. And so my arrows are 620 grains, cut 30 or 29 and three quarter inches because I had to try to shorten them to get them to shoot right. Okay. And um, I chopped down my feather this year. So I'm shooting a three and three quarter inch parabolic, uh, three fletch. And um, yeah, they shoot great. And that's my setup. I like uh, a great northern quiver on there. And then um, for what I'm hunting, I'm hunting elk here in Oregon. And then I do have uh, that trip plan to go over to Idaho for a uh, deer uh, with clay in December. So that's, that's getting to be a yearly. Oh, that'll be fun. I know we talked to clay about going up at some point. We just haven't made the plans to do so because I know clay is up north of us. Cause I was going to say, if you're coming through Idaho, you better stop by, but if you're going that far well, north, that's, it's about a half day's drive. If you're going to go from Boise right. all the way up to where he's at, I believe. Yeah. Well, nice. So I was also reminded that you guys, Owen won a youth hunt, didn't he, from Western States? He did. He won the the youth turkey hunt. Uh, Unfortunately, when we put in for it, we thought he was going to be able to hunt on a mentor over there starting at nine. So we thought we were good to go this year. And it turns out that turkeys in Idaho is considered a big game, so he has to be 10. So. Fortunately, uh, John, who's putting on the hunt, is like, hey, no problem. We will wait. He's holding it for him. So uh, not this spring, but next spring, yeah, he is going to go, and he can't wait. He's got a little, I got him a 20-gauge Mossberg uh, shotgun pump, and he he shoots it here on the farm, and he's he's ready to go. Those are perfect little shotguns for what you need. Um, Oh, yeah. My former position was dealt in firearms a lot and so Mossberg was one of our very nice easy entry shotguns especially for kids because they're light they're small those are good oh yeah it fits him great and he uh, he can handle that 20 gauge no problem he's learned to lean into it he can shoot it from standing and you know what surprises me he's he's four and a half feet tall but he's only maybe 55 pounds I mean he is just tall and skinny he's a little yeah he's nice and slender but maybe I can take some pointers from him because I am yeah, as right. much as I love like to too. shoot, I don't shoot well <laughs> when it comes to shotguns. Yeah. And I was, TJ and I were talking because we like to go out and do, um, so we got dove and quail out here because I'm actually out at their house right now. And he's like, oh yeah, we're going to have to go out and get some birds. I'm like, I actually have to dust off my shotgun because I don't know when the last time I took that thing out was. So it's going to be, it'll I... be fun. Um, but I think I'm in the last three years of trying for birds, if we see them, I always miss them. And then (laughs) I'm not a great shot with a shotgun. So I usually just take it for a hike and let TJ and John have all the fun as much as possible. And I just kind of go along for the ride. Yeah. Well, it's, it's with anything you got to practice with them and stuff. And, and uh, yeah, we shoot them a lot here, actually right about a mile from us. We can actually hear them. There's actually a trap and skeet club. And so they're always shooting shotguns over there. And once he, uh, I think he has to be 12 before we can go over there and shoot. Uh, Once we do that, we'll go over there and start shooting some uh, clay targets and stuff. Nice. And so how old is your daughter? Uh, Hannah is seven. And does she enjoy shooting guns or her bow? Yes, we have a little range here. So when we started building this house, we knew we were going to need some backfill. So I got a bunch of fill dirt out here and we were able to save some of that. So we do have a small rifle range here on the farm. And so, yeah, she loves to shoot 22s and they will save 
all sorts of like little bottle caps and make a bunch of little targets and uh we'll go out there and we can spend a whole afternoon now that we can get some 22 bullets again we'll we'll, we'll go shoot all day out back here behind the barn and then shooting her bow yeah when we go to shoots and stuff she she also shoots a little west wallace yearling and west was nice enough she, her favorite color is purple and so she told west that and he made her riser out of purple heart so she actually has a a purple heart uh, recurve bow, so it's purple. And uh, I made her an orange and purple string for it. So it's all gussied up for her. And... That's fantastic. My bow has purple heart in it, too. I run in a um, St. Joe River right now, and uh-huh. Tracy's going to kill me because I don't remember the model of it. It was just going, I like this one. I want that size. Right. And then so she yep. had some fun with that bow. So I know it has some purple heart in it. And it's just, it's... It stands out. It's pretty, but it's also functional, so I can have a little bit of both. Yeah. It's kind of nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad you brought Tracy up because Owen, when we were over at the Compton shoot, they have that youth shoot. And so for the parents out there, one thing that we do at the Compton Rendezvous is really focus on the kids. And so at the youth shoot, when they go through the all the events, they get raffle tickets and stuff. And the very last kid that is called won a bow. And that happened to be Owen this year. And Your so kid he won wins a everything. River bow. I know. I <laughs> he that little stinker. He won that bow. <laughs> and then so Tracy <sighs> was awesome. She saw that She's he had a, 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 his little recurve that fits him well, and so she says, "You know what? Let's hold this until he's a little bit older." So I he is going to be hunting with a St. Joe River bow when he becomes eight, and that'll probably be his first hunting bow. That's and great. Tracy's going to build it for him. So yeah, she is great. So for the listeners, Tracy Belowski is the bowyer for St. Joe River Bows. So her and her husband, David, run the business and also with Thunderbird Epoxy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I love that Compton is very big into the youth. And so if there's any opportunity to get youth into the woods and get bows in their hands, I, from my understanding, Compton is on it. And the rendezvous is almost solely wrapped around the children's shoot, it seems like. There's a, a lot of raffles. There's different age ranges. All the kids get shirts. And it just seems really exciting. I want to take Jameson so bad. And now that I know if, if you're going to be bringing Owen, John and I might have to up our oh, game yeah. and fly Jay out with us soon and let those yeah, two Owen, uh, have he, some fun. He looks forward to that every year. That's every fantastic. Year. And, you know, if you're if you're afraid your your kid will get tired of shooting as well, there's so much more for them to do at that event. Um, oh, yeah. There's a play structure there that is just crawling with kids all day long. And so, yeah, Owen, especially with me having to work at the event and stuff, um, we do get time to go out and shoot. But in between, he's on the play structure and he, he makes friends there that he, you know, in fact, he was asking me the other day if I, he could call him. I forget the little boy's name, but he wanted to call him and just say hi and see what was going on, see if he was going hunting this year and stuff. And so, yeah, they'll, they'll make friends. And uh, same thing, he'll sleep on the plane <laughs> on oh, the way yeah. home because he's tuckered out by the end of the week. Well, in, in those types of events, even the local ones too, it's like everybody is a parent, it seems like. It, it, no matter where those kids go, it seems like everyone's always looking out for them going, where are you going? Make sure you're holding that arrow properly. And even the strangers are helpful sometimes, especially in the smaller oh, ones yeah. are nicer just because you usually know most of the other campers in your local yes. um, local groups. But at Compton, it just seems like there's, yeah, kids are running every which way and very... I don't know, responsible, it sounds like, and 
they have a good time. And that's the best part of, you got to teach that, like you said before, of seeing it through the child's perspective and how they see hunting and the the shoots and what they can or cannot do is totally different than how we expect them to see it. Yes. And then those are the events, you know, normally when we go to things with our kids, we're very guarded. You can't lose them. You got to, you know, we're holding hands the whole time this and that. But when you go to a traditional archery event, once you get to know everybody, uh, like I said, at that, at that Moses Lake shoot, the kids open the doors and they're, they're gone for hours because we know that they're, we know all the other parents. And everybody's watching out for each other's kids. And, uh, yeah, it's it's where they can really can run free and, and you can be comfortable letting them do that. Yes, and I think it was Clay who coined the phrase, but something that I have always said, too, is that we're all raising feral children to kind of survive yeah. on their own out in the wilderness as well. And you just got to teach them to be responsible and have fun at the same time. And that's the best way to do it. Like, go play in the dirt and go shoot some stuff. Just don't hurt each other. Yep. No, and it's, it is good. And that's why they enjoy going to those all the time. Good. All right. Well, is there anything else that you wanted to add? No, I think that's about it. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time out to talk to me today. I know it was kind of short notice to try and get you on the, on the call. And I'm with being my first really run podcast. I hope it, I hope it comes out nice and smooth. I think it will. I think it will. And if uh, if your listeners are looking for me, I, we do have an ad in Traditional Bowhunter Magazine. Yes, you do. Or they can also find me on social media. I'm on, uh, on Instagram is where I post most of the pictures of my arrows. And so if there is interest in a custom set of arrows, they can see some of my work there. And uh, we're also on Facebook and the website, addictivearchery.com. Well, there's been a lot of our advertisers that were mentioned in this podcast. For those that have any questions about who is mentioned and how to contact them, feel free to shoot me an email because that is my job uh, as the advertising <laughs> manager. Uh, and you can email me at carrie at tradbow.com and that's K-E-R-R-I. And just to clear the air, do we call you Andy Ponce or Ponce? You can call me whichever, just not wait for a meal. I like it. <laughs> I always double check because I'm like, I know it's Ponce, but you always say Ponce. And I'm like, I just want to make yeah. sure that we got you, got you covered. I'm just keeping you on your toes. That's fine. <laughs> like, I'll just I'll just start making up names. It's fine. <laughs> Hope no one minds. I've been called everything. Yep. Yep. Not a problem. Awesome. Well, again, well, thank you so much for your time today, Andy. And um, I hope you guys have a wonderful hunt. Thank you. We'll talk to you later. Okay. We hope you enjoyed this Campfire Chat podcast. Thanks for joining us. Please subscribe to this podcast so you won't miss the next one. And visit our website, www.tradbow.com, for great articles, tips, and lots more of traditional bow hunter magazines.